hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jason, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, this is, of course, the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 90 of the Weekly Cooldown. It is 10 more episodes to 100 and I I don't know what I'm going to do for that one. So we're going to figure that out together, kind of, sort of. It is May 8th. Um, and we're just gonna jump right into the headlines for this week. I have a very fun, cooler-than-me guest uh, coming up, so we're gonna chat with him in, ju- but, uh, in just a moment. But first, let's uh, let's get to the headlines. Microsoft held Inside Xbox 2020 livestream on Thursday, yesterday. It touched upon new games and updates coming for the Xbox Series X, trailers showing some gameplay from upcoming games for the Xbox Series X and the Xbox One, included a look at fan-favorite titles such as Yakuza, Dirt, Madden NFL, and Assassin's Creed, but also offered a look at some other titles from other studios like Scarlet Nexus, a anime-styled action game by Bandai Namco, and The Medium, a psychological horror game by Bloober Team, and many more. Uh, most of these games promise a release date somewhere late, sometime later this year, uh, likely closer to the holiday release date of the Xbox Series X. PC players need not worry, as most of these games have a PC version in the works. Yakuza Zit Like a Dragon, uh, for example, has shown up on the Steam Store. However, pre-orders are not yet live. Uh, Many of these games also include an Xbox One release, with some, like Madden NFL 21, offering a free version if you buy on Xbox One and later buy for the Xbox Series X. Easy Day Studios has announced that its skateboarding simulator Skater XL will be available on July 7th. Players will find that Skater XL has some similarities to the Skate series that we have all longed for another sequel to. Skater XL is being described as a community-driven sandbox title with a modding community that is encouraged to create their own skaters, locations, tournaments, and more. It is the hope of the developers that the players will evolve the game simply by enjoying playing it. Skater XL again launches July 7th for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and the Nintendo Switch. If you are a member of Amazon Prime, you can now grab eight free games this month for the month of May. Snake Pass, Urban Trial Playground, Avicii Avicii Invector, Panakpu, The Little Acre, and Fractured Minds, plus some other bonus games from April, are now redeemable through the Twitch Prime Hub. You will need a Twitch PC client to install and play the games, and to make sure... You have your uh, Twitch and Amicon, Amazon accounts linked, but the good news is, is that it, that's all you have to do. Uh, players may find bonus loot for Fallout 76 and Destiny 2, among other games as well. And finally, EA has confirmed that it is hosting the EA Play in June. EA Play this time will be digital, all digital. Because unfortunately, since E3 uh, canceled this year, that's all we got to look forward to. EA and possibly other gaming companies will have to rely on digital streams and showcases instead of live events like E3. EA plays in the past, however, have uh, offered some kind of actual gameplay for players to get their hands on the games ahead of the release, but we're not sure yet if that is going to happen. EA is already participating in the Summer Game Fest, orchestrated by Jeff Kelly, 
but whether or not we will be able to play any EA demos through Summer Game Fest is not yet certain. More on Summer Game Fest in just a moment. But those are just some of the headlines this week, and if you want to chat about any of those headlines, or you got some comments you want to make, or I missed something super important because that happens, tweet at me at Gaming or at WKCooldown, join us on uh, Discord, and let me know all about it. Um, you know, also be sure to just check out for any questions we ask. Sometimes we do the question of the week. We didn't do it this week because I didn't want to, but uh, that's another story for another time. Because uh, I have a guest who's been patiently waiting while I blather on about gaming stuff. Um, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else. Uh, he is a content creator, a streamer, podcaster, and ambassador of Safe in Our World. That sounds wonderful. Uh, please welcome, oh, I hope I say this right, Mechel Casanova. <laughs> it's uh Mikel. 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 Oh, yeah. Damn it. Close, See, close enough. <laughs> as someone with a not at all hard to pronounce <laughs> name that is quote unquote unique, I always try to get people's names right. Cause no. it it pains me <laughs> to get them wrong. It pains me when people get my name wrong. So I always want to get them right. Mikel Casanova. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, you are the host of Hawaii's number one podcast? Yes, sir. The Casanova oh, Podcast. I've been, wow. uh, been going for about f- uh, four years now, almost. So it's been, it's been a wild, wild, very wild ride. As it always is with podcasts, right? Yeah. It always is. So what is the Casanova Podcast? Uh, so basically, it's a show where I... Uh, I interview various people from various industries, uh, be it celebrities, uh, actors, uh, voice actors, uh, video game developers, producers, publishers, uh, PR teams, uh, just pretty much, uh, you know, content creators as well, other podcasters. And it's basically a show where um, I'm basically just trying to see how they got into the fields that they're into, uh, you know, what, what was their journey. Um, what's their day-to-day like, and mm-hmm. what are some um, feedback and advice that they could give to the audience who might be interested in uh, pursuing that as a career? Very nice. Very nice. And uh, so you've been doing it for four years. Who are some... Tell, tell us some cool people you've had on. <laughs> um, I've had on David Hayter, a uh, friend of oh, mine, who is the uh, voice of Metal Gear Solid, Solid Snake. Uh, of course. We know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I've had him, um, uh, my friend Nick Apostolides, who is Leon in uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, just had so on jealous. both uh, main characters for Resident Evil 3 Remake, uh, so Nicole Tompkins, as well as... Uh, uh, Jeff Shine, who do Jill Valentine and uh, Carlos Oliveira. I've had on the voice of uh, Barrett um, with John Bentley from Final Fantasy VII Remake, as well as I just recently wrapped up my interview with uh, Cody Christian, who is the voice of Cloud in Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it's just, um, it, that's kind of like interviewing voice actors has just kind of become, I guess, a bit of a niche thing that I do. Um, sure. But uh, my most recent one is uh, with, uh, at the time of this, this show, um, was with uh, Chris Van Vliet, good friend of mine, who uh, actually is the inspiration for me getting into being a podcaster and interviewer. 
Well, I interviewed her more so. I uh, correction. I I helped him start his podcast oh. last year, but he helped get me into interviewing. So there we go. <laughs> Fair enough. I love it. I love it. I'm super jealous, and I have to like pick your brain later about how to get like really cool people onto this podcast but we'll do that later we'll do that later that's it's, it's, it's super easy it's it's really there's not a whole do lot i just to it. sneak up in someone's dms like hey i'm a big fan can you come on my show <laughs> literally i mean honestly it's, oh my it's, god you're lying to me <laughs> no 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 like it's it's honestly simpler than i think a lot of people realize and you know it's just one of the things that i i found out through trial and error um i mean you can do either you know dming them or tweeting at them or um, you know, commenting to them on one of their uh, the other social media platforms. There's so many different methods. Um, but one of the things I've learned is once you're in with, um, you know, someone in the gaming industry or, um, you know, a voice actor or an actor. Once you're mm-hmm. in, you're 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 in. You're in. Out. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm taking this advice because uh, I see. I don't get starstruck. I, I'm not that kind of person, mm-hmm. but I am the kind of person who's like, oh, that person is important. I'm not going to bother them. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I don't want to like sneak up into anyone's DMs and be like, hi, I'm just a nobody and you're somebody. Do you want to come on the show? No? Got it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but um, hearing, you, hearing you say that it you know it isn't as uh, uh, scary as... Plus, I mean, I guess there's, the, the worst they can say is no. So... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know what what I'm so scared of. Tune in next week. We're gonna have in s- some famous person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. But that's cool. That's really cool. And um, talk about safe in our world. This sounds very interesting. So, um, safe in our world. They actually approached me. Uh, I'm friends with uh, one of their uh, one of their uh, staff members, which is uh, Aaron Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. He reached out to me to. Um, see if I would do an interview with uh, not only uh, himself but with uh, the creator and founder of the game Avishin Vector. Um, oh, so I uh, did a show with them and uh, got to hear them uh, speak about how they worked hand in hand with the late uh, Avishi and um, creating the game and, and the music and the tribute to him. And then from there, um, you know, I they asked me to speak about uh, mental health because, you know, unfortunately, Avishi, he uh, passed away due to suicide. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, he suffered from great uh, depression and um, mental health issues. And I spoke on some of my own challenges with uh, depression and mental health from my life and how I've learned to, you know, cope and, and move forward. And um, so I and I also them of how like I, I work with other people who also deal with it and you know not in a professional capacity but how I you know I speak to it and so they asked if I would be willing to be an ambassador and, and work with uh, bringing more positive awareness to mental health uh, sure and, and well-being because there is this stigma surrounding mental health like if you know you hear someone's got mental health issues the first thing a lot of people think is oh they're crazy but I mean, it can be any number of things Anxiety, it could be you know, depression, it can be, you know, literally, like for me, I, I get really bad anxiety anytime I either go on a podcast or I, I interview someone because sure. I have the, the mental 
for me, I think, uh, you know, who am I? Right. And just I, like, I, like I said a moment ago, like I, I'm, <laughs> I feel, I feel like a nobody sometimes, and I'm like, oh boy, here comes somebody coming on my show. Like, <laughs> oh dear, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip out. But no, continue. No, but 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 the 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 great part is working through that. Mm -hmm. that's that's the part is it's the most difficult part but it's very imperative to work through it and realize that you know you're somebody and absolutely you you have value you have worth and maybe someone has you know fame or or you know whatever but that doesn't take away from the fact that you you're still a person of value a person of worth and um never think that you're not you know And, and that's one of the things that really helps me continue to move forward uh, even when there are times when I just don't feel like I'm worth it. like I, I've been dealing with that mm-hmm. a lot with um, you know dealing with other content creators and, and with uh, dealing with different uh, people in the industry uh, for video games where uh, I've worked with several companies uh, from you know Aver Media and, and several others where I've had them on my show or I've done PR for them but then because I may not draw the numbers that say someone like Harris Heller from Twitch or Alpha Gaming, he can draw, you know, thousands upon hundreds of thousands of views. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I'm not able to do that. But a company like Aver Media will throw products at him wanting him to promote it. But they will refuse to send something to me because I don't have the numbers, but they are willing to come on my show to promote their product. Right. So it's kind of like a, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. I definitely get that. Um, well, I, I mean, it's good. I, I, I very much appreciate um, that you accepted the role as kind of ambassador of SAFE in our world and uh, that there's people out there like you and like SAFE in our world and um, other related companies that are uh, doing this work alongside video games um, to kind of raise that awareness. So... I appreciate that. It's really, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, as they say. It's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> speaking of mental health uh, awareness and just uh, health in general, how are you holding up? The world is gone crazy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I've gotten used because well, I've been a, um, I, I became a full time content creator uh, about september of last year so i've just gotten used to uh working from home and being home all the time i used to be a a senior systems analyst at uh, hawaii pacific health as an engineer and um i went from doing that career for over seven years you know being constantly out of the house and never Mm -hmm. home but more than like maybe three hours to get sleep to just being home i kind of adjusted so when you know the current pandemic hit um it didn't really affect me much uh i was used to being home you know it doesn't really bother me i think the biggest thing is just um having to uh it how it impacted my wife so she Mm. um she's uh her, her company they ended up letting her and her entire team go She's an area, area sales manager for a, a, a orthopedic shoe store. So okay. her her whole team and, and all the employees got laid off, and you know, having to deal with that, and you know, this is I've actually joked about this before. Like this is probably the most we've ever spent time together. And we've been married for years, <laughs> and this is the most right. 
you know, we, we've ever been around each other and, you know, she is just helping her adjust to it because um, mm-hmm. she does content creation as well on the side streaming and um, she has her own podcast and, and reviews games and, and tech and stuff. And, you know, I told her with this situation, you know, yeah, it sucks that we're all stuck at home, but at the same time, it's an opportunity for a lot of us to do things that uh, we may have never thought of doing before. We never had the time to instead of, sure. you know, focusing on, oh, I can't go, you know, get my hair done. I can't go and see a movie or go out to the club or go out to a bar. Like, okay, you're, you've got all this time. We can improve ourselves. We can learn new languages. Like, I, I'm studying Japanese right now. My wife is mm. studying uh, Japanese as well. Um, she's working on expanding her business because she makes uh candy masks like for raves you know how they have the no oh, she makes those and, i love and, those <laughs> yeah <laughs> those so, cool. she, so she she does that um she she uh did one recently with um one of the voice actors from uh fire Emblem three houses who did Seteth. uh he's also Ooh. in final fantasy 7 remake as cal uh is, uh cal something i can't but it's our our friend um, uh, Mark Witten. So she did a, a Fire Emblem candy mask with him, and um, you know I've just told her like just pursue pursue this like because you never know maybe this will take off during this you know this pandemic and maybe you won't have to go back to that maybe you can just pursue mm-hmm. your passion. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just it's just that's been the thing for me. Like it's just been uh, how do I how do I do better you know for myself and work for me has just been going up you know people have more time to come on my show now sure i don't have to deal with you know 30 minute limitations like some guests could just talk for two hours three hours i think i had one go for five hours wow and um you know a bunch of companies now are sending out review codes for games and and, Mm -hmm. and, uh different products like lg um or not lg logitech they sent me it's uh, the G Pro Studio headphones, which I'm using now, so I'm reviewing those. And um, just, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, people are like, oh, when do you have downtime? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right, because now this is this is all you. This yeah. is your your downtime is all uptime now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, we've been doing. Well, we haven't been doing it every episode, but I've been trying to check in on people because. Um, you know, not everyone is uh, doing well in these times, and yeah. it's just nice to have a little check-in, yeah. a little weekly cooldown check-in with uh, guest Mick Mikel Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> I will get it right. I'm gonna. It's gonna make me angry if I don't. Okay. <laughs> that all said, um, I think you're really cool. <laughs> I want to be really cool, but. Well, you uh, are thanks. cool. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave. You know what? Thanks. I appreciate that. I needed that today. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take a quick break, run some ads, do all that cool stuff, and we'll be right back with more show. Hey, what's going on, Carrington? Hey, 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 Kyle. Nothing. Uh, what, what's that? What do you listen to? Only listen to the greatest inning gaming podcast of all time. Real Dudes Podcast. Hold on, hold on. Real Dudes Podcast? Yeah, you heard me right. Real Dudes Podcast. The greatest place to find indie reviews, interviews with developers, composers, journalists, and so much more. 
What? What? Oh, hold on, hold on. Where can I listen to Real Dudes Podcast? They have a website at realdudespodcast.com or even your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and much more. Okay. Well, now that I know about Real Dudes Podcast, I am canceling all of my plans. I'm skipping work, and I'm going to just go and listen to them. Dude, that's what I did. Real Dudes Podcast, the greatest indie gaming podcast of all time. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. So, it's time to get into some stories for uh, for this week. And there's a, there's a good bit. There's a good bit. Um, some cool ones, some interesting uh, uh, tidbits out there this week. Um, we're going to start with uh, Jeff Kelly's new baby, which is <laughs> Summer Games Fest. Um, so Summer Game Fest is an all-digital way for the gaming community to absorb all the gaming news that would probably be included at E3. Uh, companies are invited to share their activities on the platform, which brands itself as a kind of, quote, concert series, where things won't happen every day, but there's a schedule full of news to be shared. Uh, we spoke briefly in the headlines about EA's involvement with the Summer Game Fest. Well, in addition to EA, there are several other publishers like Riot and Bethesda, Bungie, Square Enix, 2K, and more um, involved in a four-month-long festival, quote-unquote festival. Uh, Summer Game Fest technically has already started with the Inside 2020 event on Thursday. Uh, more events may be on the horizon, but so far from May, the only other event is Sunrise Number 1, um, in which we are invited to join Jeff Kelly, the organizer behind Summer Game Fest, for a surprise game reveal. What's it gonna be? <laughs> Who knows? Um... Jeff Kelly also is of, uh, as as most may know, the uh, um, Game Awards fame. He's the one who's up on stage, you know, delivering most of the uh, uh, commentary and switching the scenes. And hey, I'm Jeff Kelly. Next up, we've got best whatever. Um, so that's that guy. <laughs> He's constantly doing something with video games, and he he never really quits. But it, it's kind of refreshing um, with all the cancellations um right now i think most people are kind of iffy about going to pax west which is still um uh underway uh planned to be going underway rather um and you know uh, pax east didn't have the best turnout e3 is canceled there's a whole bunch of other things that are canceled i think this is a good way to kind of help gamers chill <laughs> so uh with that i mean it, there, there need to be a uh, a replacement for E3. You know, mm-hmm. we saw how E3 was. Uh, you know, we, we we saw how that was turned into a dumpster fire. You know, beginning of this year. It, it's sure. Then when you know the pandemic hit, of how it uh, got to the point where they're like, okay, it was canceled. Um, so we need something to be an alternative to be able to showcase these games, and, and not only for the Know, the gamers to find out and experience the new things that are coming out, but also um, for the development companies. You know, mm-hmm. I, a lot of people may, you know, I've heard a lot of people speak on the fact that they're like, oh, we don't need E3 anymore. It's not relevant. Everyone can just do a live stream showcase or, or do something like, you know, 
know, like this uh, summer game fest. However, I don't think a lot of people understand uh, the other side of it, the business side of the gaming industry when it comes to like the indie developers that uh, mm. E3 is the most critical moment for them. It's the best way for them to showcase their games because they don't have the budgetary means or the marketing means to uh, promote their their uh, their games. So with the, the loss of E3, it is, in my opinion, um, very negatively impacting independent developers, but at the same time with Summer Game Fest, I think that has an opportunity to help uh, if Jeff Keighley does decide to uh, incorporate a lot of indies or, or you know have a whole segment for that i think that would be the opportunity for um to, to showcase a lot more games and i do think um going forward going into next year i think there will be a bit of a competition between uh summer game fest and potentially e3 mm-hmm. uh if e3 does come back which i'm, I'm pretty certain that it will come back right. um because as, as cool as it is to have an, an all-digital way to experience, you know, what's coming out, I think the ability to have a physical showroom where you can go and experience it still trumps the digital aspect of it. Absolutely. Um, there, there still isn't yet a kind of uh, announcement of um, playable content just yet. Um, we know that there should be playable content coming with uh, Summer Game Fest, but it's um, kind of ambiguous about when or if that's happening. Um, so uh, you're right. EA, especially, as I said in the headlines, EA usually does the EA Play at E3. Um, you can go there. They do their showcase. They show you the games. But then there's also those open areas where... Yeah, it's usually like a tent or something like that where you can go and actually play some of the game it's like a little demo or whatever um so by not having that it, it could potentially hurt um ea um if if they aren't able to somehow do it through uh summer game fest and like you said with respect to uh indie games i mean i don't know how many indie games can do the same thing at ea or excuse me at e3 but now they're not probably not going to be able to even have that option. So yeah. now they have to kind of circumvent that and try and find out what they can do instead for um, for for the summer that would have been their big moment. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. Um, you know, and this is more of an insider thing that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Like the whole reason that Jeff uh, ended up pulling out. E3, you know, all the statements that were going out as to why he pulled out, and some speculated as due to mm-hmm. the leaks that happened last year. I was actually at E3 last year, and mm-hmm. um, one of the things, there's a lot of after parties that, that happened at E3, sure. and, um, you know, one of the biggest reasons why he pulled out was literally because he was doing this, and Summer Game Fest was meant to be a direct competition to E3, so... Mm to not have like a conflict of interest. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, he, he, he Jeff, Jeff is, he's no, he's been doing this for how long. insane person. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's really interesting. Um, so do you think had things gone differently, this would be an in-person event instead of a digital one? No. I, okay. I I think it would have stayed a digital presence. Uh, one of the things that I think 
go that's going into that. And I can understand. Uh, I got to pick the brain of Jeff a little last year, and mm-hmm. um, the amount of money that companies spend uh, just to be on the showroom floor at um, E3 is astronomical. Mm-hmm. I so, can imagine. you know, just doing a, a presentation like this with the summer. Uh, Summer Games Fest basically allows a lot of these companies to not spend so much money on marketing, and um, you know it it it, it it's um what's the, the business term I'm trying to think of? Um, it cuts a, a lot of their overhead. Like they don't have to right. to deal with you know I need because I, I you know one of my friends uh, Kathy Hackley from Capcom when it comes to E three. You know, she spent like she has to budget out. Uh, typically, I want to say close to nine hundred thousand dollars for just wow. like one one area. Like the, what they had last year for Capcom is they had the Monster Hunter uh, Iceborne uh, area where you could take pictures with uh, a life size dragon that they right. had put up. And that little that area, and I'm saying little because when you compare it to the cyberpunk area to the, the you know Ubisoft's entire thing and Bethesda's, mm-hmm. it was tiny, and um, that area was already nine hundred thousand dollars. Jeez. So you you know for an all digital event, the only thing they have to really worry about is hey, is our presentations good? Do we have the bandwidth to deal with right. it? Right. You know, can we stream it? Yeah, you know, and so that's that's literally it. So I'm like, yeah, they're saving a lot of money by doing that. Right. So companies, uh, the 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 publishers are potentially saving money and then recouping any little losses they might have by selling those games later on. Um, whereas E3 probably by I mean they're they're probably taking a huge hit if one area is nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, wow, we I feel I feel kind of bad. Um, <laughs> that's that's a that's a very large sum of money to lose for one summer. Um, that's money I've never seen in my life. I'm yeah, like, you have to. Like, I, I I was wondering, and I, I had to ask her. I was like, how do you feel like knowing that you've had that much money to play with she's like it's uncomfortable yeah yeah i can imagine wowee um that's that's pretty um it's like almost earth shattering to me i mean to know that you have not only that you have the budget to play with but knowing Mm -hmm. that that budget is likely the smallest amount that you have to play with that's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mind-boggling and frightening almost um so okay you know what i i'm completely on board for summer game fest now <laughs> i very much enjoy this this is a great idea um we'll have to see what comes up next with summer game fest again the sunrise number one is surprise game reveal is on may 12th um there may be some more uh updates between then and now um for may but so far that's all we got. Um, June is uh, coming up with the Steam Game Festival, um, so you'll be able to play and wishlist some upcoming PC games on Steam. Uh, there's a Cyberpunk 2077 special broadcast. Likely, um, we will learn some uh, uh, more details about a story that we're going to talk about next um, regarding to Cyberpunk. And the EA Play will be on June 11th as well. In uh, So... Uh, it's a good good chunk so far to check out. Um, mm-hmm. July has TennoCon, which I know a lot of people love. Um, unfortunately, it will be digital only, but I mean, 
they're still doing it. I know how the Warframe devs love their their players, so that's really nice to hear about. Uh, and August will kind of close it out. And so far, what we have for that is August twenty fourth is GamesCon. Uh, Jeff Keeley will team up with Gamescom to host the spectacular industry wild finale to Summer Game Fest. Um, so again, that's all we have for now, but it could, it could broaden up, could, uh, see a whole lot coming down the line these next four months. Um, but I, I truly enjoy that. (laughs) I can't get, I can't get my head around $900,000. Just the thought that that's so minor in the the scale of things. Wild. Absolutely (laughs) wild. Absolutely wild. Do you do you by chance know how much Cyberpunk might have paid for their stuff? Because Cyberpunk, for what it's worth, has been dare I say pimping the hell out of their video game for years, and just the idea that they might have spent that much money at E three makes me. It's above. It's above twenty. Oh my god. Yeah. 20 million. 20 million? Yeah. <laughs> That's insane to me. Okay. All right. Well, I have some thoughts about Cyberpunk 2077. I'll tell you that much. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 has received an M rating by the ESRB, which comes as obviously no surprise. However, part of that rating seems to come from the fact that you can customize your player's genitals. Aside from, of course, the game being extremely violent, uh, the SRB has also detailed players can, quote, select a gender and customize their character. Uh, Customizations can include depictions of breasts, buttocks, genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations (laughs) of genitals, Uh, end quote. So... Uh, Cyberpunk has come under fire a number of times uh, throughout its its uh, development for a couple of different things: um, mm-hmm. race, gender, sometimes sexuality, sometimes. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you can customize your character literally from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I I do have to wonder why though. <laughs> I why are we like again like I feel I feel like maybe there's a a gender dysphoria conversation that I'm maybe not a part of in mm-hmm. this regard um but I guess I have to I have to wonder um if there's some underlying context to cyberpunk that I'm missing or something like that um, you mean like as far as like why they're including that within the game, or it, I don't know. I I don't want to. I'm trying to choose my words carefully here because <laughs> it's not that I disagree with the um decision. Mm-hmm. I just want to know why. I guess. I I think a lot of that has to do. Uh, I it I got to to speak with the the head developer of the game and. The thing that CD Projekt Red, you know, the reason they decided to include it was just so they can cover all their bases. Because as you if you notice, like when it comes to games now, it's like almost everything is dragged into like being a social issue or a political issue, and it's 
you know, from the developer standpoint, it's like it's almost like they're handcuffed to mm. you know they can't really create the game that they want to create um, because maybe it's not the <clears throat> you know it's the public opinion they want it to be you need to have this you need to have this sure. the representation and it's like it, you know and and I'm paraphrasing the guy's opinion because I don't want sure. him getting in trouble but basically it's you know we we include everything in the game so that you can make your own character it's never really been games where you can top to bottom customize your character and we're going to do that um it it does put some limitations on the narrative of the game because it's like while you do have a custom character that will have a backstory it's not the same as if like you know say you take any of the japanese rpgs or japanese style games where they take a character and that character is fully built They've got mm. their backstory, and the narrative being told is what the Japanese developers want to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, and within a lot of Western games, uh, we we don't really see a lot of that because, again, a lot of the companies are placating towards trying to not offend anyone. I think, you know, and I've said this to the developer for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's like, or the the director, head director. Uh, I told him. You know, sometimes you got to risk being offensive. Just tell the story. It's your game. Tell mm-hmm. the story. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember back when The Witcher 3 came out, people were offended about that. And it's like, are the people getting offended the ones who are going to be buying your game? Mm-hmm. And more often than not, a lot of people aren't. It's like, I guess I have to wonder... I guess there's two extremes here, right? So the one extreme is what they've basically gone with. Players can fully customize their character, top to bottom, boobs to butt, etc., etc. But the other extreme they could have done is you get to customize your character just without the the other parts. You get to customize the hair, the face, you know, everything else, but when it comes to the genitalia and everything else, you know, that's that's set. Yeah. Why did they go to this extreme and not the other? I think it's it really had to do with the whole, you know, push for representation and diversity. Um I can understand it I can understand it in two ways on, on both sides. Like one, the side of is that necessary? You know, does this incorporate into the game more? And I can understand on the more social side of, you know, oh, I want representation. You know, I'm not represented in this game or, or mm. in this medium. Um, I, my personal opinion, which might be controversial, I am known for hot takes that hot sometimes takes. get me in trouble, spicy ones. Um, my opinion is it's a video game. It's a story. I don't see how the genitalia plays into the story of the character or the game or the narrative. Right. But, you know, it's there. So I guess... (laughs) That's kind of where I'm coming from. So, like, I absolutely understand players who want to see themselves in video games because I've spoken about that before. Mm -hmm. Um, I wholeheartedly say absolutely representation 100%. Um, That being said, I think... And, again... 
not knocking the decision, but I think there is a way to do this kind of representation mm-hmm. um, with without the full, let's call it kitten caboodle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like a very interesting um, uh, um, take on like we want to be inclusive. I yeah. am of the opinion that you can be inclusive like across the board without going into this territory um especially i mean it's one thing that you know you can customize or you can let's say you can have all of the parts that you want on your character Mm -hmm. but like do we have to do size too (laughs) i'm i'm very i'm quite confused about the not the inclusion of it i guess but the decision um i feel like it could have been a coin toss and we could have had it either way and people would still buy the game. Um, so it's, I don't know. It feels weird. It, it, <laughs> I guess it, it's... No, it does. It, do, it definitely does feel weird. And I, you know, it, I, I'm like you, like I'm, I'm all for inclusivity and diversity, but I just feel like there are certain ways to go about it. Ver- mm-hmm. You know, that don't, you know, it, it can be subtle. Like, there right. are games that have done inclusivity and diversity very well. Like, for instance, uh, the original Nier that came out back in 2010, which uh, had a very good emphasis on LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't even notice that, you know, we had one of the main characters uh, was gay, one was, you know, trans, and it, it no one, you know, it, 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 it played into the story, but at the same time, it wasn't the you know right it wasn't like this (laughs) i don't even think that you know i don't even think that they are doing this to uh kind of change the story i like i i don't don't think it has an impact on the story aside from you know you're you're in there right that's your representation and that is wonderful and i love that what i i guess i don't know i'm still just stuck on the idea that I think it. I think what's killing me about it, maybe, or or like what I'm stuck on is the size, <laughs> um, <laughs> because it just seems like it seems gratuitous. I guess mm-hmm. um, it's one thing. Like uh, there's a game Scum. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know anything about Scum, it's kind of this. It's still in early access for some reason, but it's this kind of survival game. Uh, you play as like a prisoner who's on lockdown. There's zombies for some reason. It's interesting. But um, one of the things you can do is choose your character's um, sex uh, mm-hmm. or gender. And um, aside from that, you can choose how big or small their genitalia is or their breasts or whatever. And I'm like, why? That this is a survival game am i having a child in this game too like i'm not quite certain what's going on so it's very it's it just seems very kind of gratuitous i i guess i guess maybe the extreme for me isn't necessarily the inclusion of being able to pick the genitalia or pick whatever you know uh customizations you want but the fact that they have a a dong slider let's call it that like (laughs) i don't know that that's necessary in cyberpunk 2077 like is there one quest line where some character is going to point out how big your dick is or i it i don't get it (laughs) like it doesn't make sense to me so 
it just I don't know. Yeah, it it, it it comes off as I can't even say pandering. It it, it just seems pointless. Like it I, seems I mean, like we're trying to not only do the representation thing, you know, the good thing, mm-hmm. but we're also trying to give people like you know how people say people with Hummers have tiny ones. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to give. <laughs> people the chance to see what it's like to have a bigger one i don't know and i hate to say that too because it it sounds awful but it that's what it seems like to me i don't understand the size slider yeah it 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 doesn't make sense it it really doesn't and i you know and it, it goes to show the stark contrast between western and eastern game development mm-hmm. you know and what they focus on like i I know a lot of people like these open world sandbox create your own character style games, but me, I'm old school. I like a good narrative, and if if you can't captivate me with a good narrative, I don't care how great your gameplay and everything else is. Like, I'm just not going to be interested in your game. And when sure. I, you know, when when you know, with this announcement with them doing that, I just how does this factor? That's just, very strange. You know? It's absolutely strange. Um, I I love the idea. I, I mean, if it comes from a place of inclusion, I'm all for it. Um, because there's... I, I do recognize that there is a lot of uh, trans folk, um, non-binary, everyone across the spectrum who do not get that representation. And if this is the way that we get it, I, I am happy for it. It's just very confusing. Yeah. The size part. I think I think I've narrowed it down to that. <laughs> it's the size part. Um, it's I just mean, can can you slide it? I mean, on the slider, are they gonna make it to the side? Like it's the size of a baseball bat. I mean, like what is the? Cool. I meant you to know, never mind. No, you let's said, do that. Smack the crap out of somebody. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. No, no, no. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You're listening to this, right? You do that. I want a dick baseball weapon. You, yeah. Please. Please, <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Saints Row did it. You can do it too. Except put it put it on there. Although you know what? Now that I think about it, um, no, Saints Row did it for the novelty of doing it. Saints Row did give you the ability if you were playing a male character to have the bulge slider, which I get. That's Saints Row's like comedy. Um, and there are some MMO games that give you the bust slider for female characters and. I I guess I get that. It's kind of annoying, but I get it. Um so okay, I mean fine. I've come around on it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've come around. If it's for some kind of novelty, I guess it's I guess it's cool. Yeah. <sighs> okay. That was a weird one. That was a deep um, dive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Super deep dive. Okay, so uh, as we move along toward the end of the show, which we are arriving at shortly, we ask that you give our listeners a recommendation. Which game or games should they be playing or should they be on the lookout for? Ah, ooh. Okay, without breaking any NDAs that I have, hmm. um, okay, yeah, let's not break any. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll, I'll shoot with what's currently out and what's uh, on the horizon. 
So what was currently out, uh, I'm not going to pick anything mainstream because I think a lot of people have already picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake and Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk about some non-mainstream games I think people should pick up and try out that have come out, um, definitely pick up Streets of Rage 4, um, which is funny. A lot of people actually view Streets of Rage 4 as an indie game, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like That's not indie. Not really. Um, that's dot, e, dot emu, right? Yeah. Dot M, dot emu. Yeah, I, they did that. That's I'm like, I'd rather that. I'm happy they did it because I I wouldn't want t- Sega to do it themselves. Right. <laughs> you remember that Ultra Beast game that came out? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad they they let someone take their license and and make a game which I think is really good. And it, it uh, gave yeah, like it gave me the one thing I wanted in a beat-em-up and that's the ability to play it online mm-hmm. you know like i know we had it with the sega ages and the capcom uh classics game or whichever one I think it was the arcade classics but to have that in something that's new mm-hmm. was something i just found amazing i mean definitely pick up streets of rage 4 there's so much replay of value i know some people have been trying to bash it saying that it plays too much like the old games doesn't do anything new and if you have well, that opinion that tells me that you either didn't grow up with the old games and don't have the creativity yeah you know there's so much you can do in streets rage 4. yeah <laughs> how rude <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, like that's the whole point you would play in newer streets of rage how 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 crazy have you gotten with that combo system Oh my god, I can't even... Like, I haven't played 4 yet, but I, I have, like, these deep uh, uh, moments where I kind of sit back and remember myself as a child playing Streets of Rage 2 with my brother, and it's not only, like, the combos you do on your own, it's the setups you can do with another player if you have the opportunity. So, like, sc- screw the people who are giving this a bad rep. Like, this is a great great time you're you're missing out yep you can unlock every character from previous streets of rage entries um it's currently got four player local co-op two player Mm -hmm. online co-op they're going to patch in four player online co-op which i think is going to be absolutely insane oh my god the juggle system and the combo system allows so much creativity and freedom the game is just a pure blast and um you know I, i really recommend people get that uh, if people are into more um, Japanese dating style simulation kind of games, um, mm-hmm. there's uh, a game that uh, I'm currently working on a review for called Sakura Wars. And uh, mm. it's a long standing franchise, if anyone's curious about it. In the West, we've only gotten two entries, which was right. uh, the 2008's uh, Sakura Wars, So Long My Love, and then the one that just came out a, a week ago. So. Um, it's really good. I've never played a dating simulation style game. I mean, unless you count Mass Effect's ability to, you know, <laughs> right. date. But um, it's it's definitely a game that I'm really enjoying a lot, and, and you know, I'm narratively hooked into the story of what's going on, and it's opened my curiosity to want to go back and play the older games. And as far as what's coming up, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I cannot talk mm. more on that, um, but. It's a as someone who's a fan of of the Zeno series and who played the original back when it came out a decade ago, it is a 
worthwhile update to a modern classic and also disintegration um that game's coming out it's um like a the best combination between destiny and halo and actually made by marcus leto who worked on both he's actually mm-hmm. one of the original you know co-founders and co-creators of halo so it's definitely a game i say to look out for absolutely absolutely um recommendations huh let's see what do i got what do i got hey you know um i was kind of skeptical about it at first but if you haven't somehow watched enough uh uh, streamers to get a valorant key go try and do that um Normally, I wouldn't advocate for games like this, <laughs> but if you could find a pretty good group of people to play with, if you have some friends who would like to try it, you should all try it. Um, it's not try that bad. It. It's good? pretty good. Try it's it. pretty good. <laughs> it's a really good mix of the... I, I really enjoy Overwatch, so it's a really good kind of balance between that overwatch gameplay and that i like and the like csgo gameplay that i don't like (laughs) it's a nice mix of the two um i'm surprisingly not bad at it so and and that's in my opinion like i haven't played copious amounts of csgo um i have played a ton of overwatch i can play that pretty well so coming from an overwatch player i guess not from a CSGO player, which the game is like 80% CSGO. Um, It is a good game. It's fun. Um, You get a good group. You can do some pretty cool, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot of talking and maneuvering, and it it can be a really fun time. So um, go watch a streamer, you know, put it on the background, turn the sound down just enough so that it doesn't, like it (laughs) it matters, but it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, have a have a fun time with Valorant. Um, that is the first and last time I will ever tell you to play a Riot game. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but in any case, to finally finish off this episode, please let us know where we can find you on the internet, and if you have anything else to plug. Um, uh, sure. Um, I'm somehow everywhere. I'm uh, you can. The central hub for everything that I do is my website, MikhailCasanova.com. Uh, I'm also on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com slash MikhailCasanova. I'm on Twitch and Mixer, uh, Twitch.tv slash MikhailCasanova, Mixer.com slash MikhailCasanova. You can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, still learning, uh, TikTok. It's weird. I feel like a, we're all still learning. To. I feel like a boomer trying to understand how that it's, works. It's really difficult to both look at TikTok and go, "Oh, I could do this," but then also look at like a child who's funnier than me and be like, "Never mind, I don't want this anymore." Right? <laughs> and and it's, it's it's one of those platforms where, like, you know, I, as an entrepreneur, I can see the value of it. But at the same time, when I'm seeing, like, you know, a lot of people here in Hawaii that are, that have, you know, accounts on TikTok and they've got hundreds of thousands of followers. And what I'm seeing, you know, and this is purely from a business perspective, I'm seeing a lot of people that have the means to create, you know, opportunities for themselves, generate passive and active income, but don't have the business sense to take advantage of the situation that they have. 
just because mm-hmm. they just they're like, oh, this is fun. Like I saw a lot of people on Vine with the same opportunity, and they didn't take it to progress themselves further. Um, but yes, I'm I'm on TikTok. I usually put up clips of you know my interviews. Uh, I, I know that's not the thing that trends on TikTok, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, all the other stuff I see people do, I, I mean, for a, a one minute clip or 10 or 30 second clip, a lot of people put a lot of effort into it. I'm not one of them personally. It's, it's hard. I don't get it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I don't get it either. You know, my thing is like, here, this is what I'm doing. If you want a little snippet, go over here. And also LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a mm-hmm. great resource tool for, um, promoting your work and for actually if you're trying to work with people in the game industry is a lot of them they're very very active they're looking for content creators and i think um one of the things that we need to do is you know change our perspective of what linkedin linkedin is because i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people view it purely as oh that's where i put my resume instead of realizing it's a great networking tool to meet people in the industry absolutely Absolutely. I am. And the the podcast. Uh, Casanova Podcast. You can catch it on all major podcasting outlets. It's. uh, I'm surprised we didn't do that already. (laughs) (laughs) Casanova Podcast. On all the things. Perfect. Easy. All right. Well, that will all be in the show notes as well. Um, as always, you can find me at Kamijace Gaming on Twitter. You can find the Weekly Cooldown as well on its own Twitter page at WK Cooldown. Uh, be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review or comment on Apple Podcasts. Please do it. It helps so much. Yes. So much. (laughs) Be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our humble bundle for this week. And support your favorite charities and support the show. Uh, Our logo and art is done by Corgian of Doghouse Esports. Follow him at Doghouse Corgian on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Zach Breider of Captive Portal. And, yeah. That's it. That's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I'm Mikhail. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.